You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Independent Waters. It is me, your host, as usual, Mikey Manfredi, and joining me, also as usual, is my friend, my co-host, Zach Batista. Zach, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing pretty good. Had way too much sugary breakfast stuff in the morning, so I am amped up on sugar and I'm ready to crash after work. Oh man, we're both we're both on that energy train. I just damned a cup of coffee. We're, we're both in that caffeinated hyper state. Let's mm-hmm. talk about some wrestling. Hell All right. Yeah. So I started last week with my first match. So why don't we just jump right in? Let Who cares? No small talk. <laughs> Let's just get to wrestling. All right. Zach, I'm down. I'm I believe down. I started off last week. So why don't you tell us about your first match you watched this week? Okay. First match I decided to go for this week was I wanted to watch a Cody Lane match, which uh, the, uh, the Southern... Flamenco, I think his name is how he goes by these days. So okay. I'm in the collective a bunch of times. I liked him quite a bit. So I ended up finding a match between him and Darby Allen at a promotion I've never heard of, Heavy Metal Wrestling. Nice. Texas promotion, I believe. Uh, heavy Metal Wrestling, the, the, the should-be home of Warhorse and yeah. Iron Beast. <laughs> Actually, yeah, holy shit. So, match starts off, Cody Lane comes out with his tag partner, I believe the two of them might, no, they're not tag champions, I don't think, but he's with his tag partner, who shows up for a second and then leaves, that'll be relevant later, so that's why I'm saying that now. Darby comes in, and this is a very much younger Darby Allen. he isn't bleach blonde this time, he's got, like, his, I assume, natural hair color, but he's got, like, a mm-hmm. streak of blonde in his hair, it's, but it's not, like, the way you think it is, it's cool, though, to see, uh, pre-AW Darby Allen because that's when I got introduced to him. Yes. So, match starts off, Darby gets right in Lane's face, Lane does not want any of it, and he rolls right outside the ring, and you think it's going to be the usual shake of the face, the heel's going to sit on the outside while the face, like, poses and stuff, yeah, no, Darby Allen ain't about that shit, he just immediately suicide dives into Lane's face. Like, oh, okay. And the match just starts with that, because I'm just like, oh, I'm like, well, fuck it, I'm like, alright, I'm down for a start like that. Darby then yeah, beats, okay. beats the shit out of him throws him into the ring. He then uh, does his signature. Uh, if you've ever seen Darby Allen do his flippy shit in the ring where he like jumps over someone, does like a quick spring flip over them or like bat, they try to close him and then he goes back and then forward and hits them. Mm-hmm. It's that it's classic Darby Allen. It always looks smooth as hell. He uh, hits him with a shotgun drop kick and knocks him to the ground. Unfortunately, uh, Darby's offense doesn't last very long though after this because Lane quite literally chucks him into the ceiling. Almost. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, like, literally the match is, like, I'm not even kidding, like, two minutes in, and he's already thrown Darby Allen into the ceiling. Jeez. And I was like, this is an exhibition match. I was like, I was getting flashbacks to uh, the 
Blake Christensen and uh, what was the other guy's name? Blake, Cri- yeah, we're we're uh, oh, oh no, K- I, KTB. Yes, I believe so. Where he threw him into the vent at the beginning of the match, and I was just like, this match just started, guys. <laughs> yep. But okay, we don't need to be hitting our heads on our vents just yet. But okay, mm-hmm. you do you. Exactly. The two eventually end up in the crowd, where the two exchange some stiff shots. A nice chop to the chest by Elaine onto Darby with a. Darby eventually, uh, I believe it was he tried to powerbomb Darby in the cr- on the like the concrete floor, but Darby gets out of it, then jumps onto him, beats the shit out of him a bit, then actually goes for a pin on the outside, which the ref counts, which is my first hint of going like, all right, I guess the rules for this promotion are not. I always forget that the rules can be so different in different promotions. Ref- so referee discretion. Yeah, the ref was just like, sure, and I was like, all right, fine with that. Darby then goes like midway into the ring because Lane's got into the ring first and. This is a kind of nice spot here where uh, Darby's, like, halfway through, and his head is still on, like, the outside, but his, like, half his body's in the ring, and he just kind of grabs Darby's arm and yanks him into the towards the rope, and he just hits his face into the rope, which I thought was cool. I don't know why, but you saying that reminded me of, like, Scorpion being like, get over here. <laughs> it's pretty similar, actually, when you think about it. Let's see. Darby is then uh, gets ground down by Lane. He's, like, running his foot across his throat, because that's where he's been injured in, like, his face. Some dude is heckling him in the ring, and he just starts, like, te- like he addresses it for, like, a second, and then goes right back into it. Whatever. Uh, he's in control, then, for the most part. Darby gets, like, a few strikes in the stomach, then he hits an Inziguri, but Elaine, unfortunately for Darby, continues to stay over him because he's much bigger than him. Gets him in, like, a triangle for a bit. Darby then hits a brief comeback where he attempts to cough and drop Lane off the top rope, but Lane is standing at this time, so he catches Darby. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two then like try to like throw each other in the turnbuckle. Like I think Lane throws Dar- uh, no Darby, yeah Dar Lane throws Darby into the turnbuckle. Darby then runs out and throws him into the turnbuckle. Okay. And then Lane is finally able to get Darby in there, and then he hits this really sick springboard bicycle kick into Darby's face, which was really good. It's kind of like he jumped on the bottom rope, ran up the the middle rope, and then just booted him in the face. Looked Jesus. really nice. I, it gave me flashbacks to the matches I saw where he had his big-ass kicks in his matches, and I was a fan of that. He then hits mm-hmm. a running senton, followed by a, uh, I believe it is a rolling senton. No, rolling senton into a running senton. Wow, I'm really amped right now. Nice. Which, <laughs> I, yeah, that's what I finally figured out when Mr. Kennedy's finisher from last week is called. It's a running senton. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> So then, at this point then, because Darby has kicked out out of all this, obviously, Lane gets a bit cocky, so he starts, he slaps Darby in the face, but this just kind of gets Darby to fire up. So then he, like, slaps him in the face, slaps him a bunch more times, starts to strike him a bitch. A, a bitch. A bit more. <laughs> starts to strike a bitch. Strike a bitch. I'll keep that. Strikes a bitch. <laughs> he then uh, gets in a guillotine on on Lane, but Lane uh, sticks him in the corner and uh, back first, right? Mm-hmm. So then I believe it is Darby then monkey flips him and then tries to roll him up from this. Okay. Doesn't get him. He then gets an arm bar on Lane, which uh, he holds till Lane gets to the rope. Like, he starts headbutting his arm that he's got in the arm bar. He gets several arm bars in on him. Really good stuff from Darby. Classic Darby Allen stuff. Then, uh, let's see. As Lane gets up, Darby hits another quick series of strikes before he hits a sunset flip pile driver, which looked really cool. Still doesn't get him in the win, though. With Lane down then, Darby goes at the top. But uh, Lane's tag team partner, the guy I mentioned from before, who's wearing like a red t-shirt and just all red, runs up on the apron. So Darby, I think, grabs his hair and like kicks him to the outside. But uh, unfortunately for him, Lane is able to get up, 
High knees him in the face, then DDTs him off the top rope. Doesn't get him the win again. The two then start to fight for control with Lane going for a package pile driver. And Darby then eventually tries to roll him up out of this. Mm-hmm. We then get this cool spot where, because Darby at this point keeps trying to roll him up with several uh, points. And there's a part where like, he gets Lane on his back and he's like sitting on top of him with his legs cradled back. And Lane pushes him away from him. Darby okay. bounces off the ropes, jumps, bounces off the middle rope, and then spins through the air like a top and lands onto Lane immediately afterwards, which looked really cool. I like that a lot, because I did not expect that at all. Unfortunately for Darby here, the Lane's tag team partner, who I can't remember his name, shows up and breaks up the pin right in front of the ref. And I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, the ref's going to throw him out right. And instead, (laughs) we just get this moment where the ref is just staring death into the eyes of this man (laughs) until he eventually, like, slowly just backs out of the ring. (laughs) And I was like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, "He won't come back, right?" Man, I like, I like, I like that the, the guy goes to interfere. Ref just like, "No, you don't." And he's like, "Okay, okay." Yeah. <laughs> the guy that comes back in the chair afterwards, and I was like, "I thought you left." Swings, misses Darby. Darby then bounces off the ropes and gives him a coffin drop into the chair, which hits him in the face and knocks him down. I thought you were gonna say he misses Darby and hits the referee. I would have died of laughing <laughs> if that happened, honestly. Just like smack. It's like, oh. Guess the ref shouldn't have just given him the death stare. <laughs> this unfortunately leads to the finish for Darby, where uh, Lane hits a cutter, but he lands back first onto the chair in the ring. And even though okay. he's hurt and he's like, he sells it like it, he then gets Darby up for the package pile driver onto the chair in front of the ref. Ooh. No DQ. And uh, he then pins Darby for the win. My My analysis of the DQs is if you hit somebody with the chair... If you hit somebody with the weapon, it's a DQ. But mm-hmm. if you hit the weapon with somebody, it's not a DQ. That's a good way of thinking about it, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that, that's what happens in WWE also, right? Like, sometimes mm-hmm. they'll do stuff where it's like, he threw him into the stairs. Why is that not a DQ? But if you hit him with the stairs, it's a DQ. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's like, if you if you run the person into the weapon, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> Overall, I would probably give this match... Uh, Probably a meh to maybe a high meh if I'm feeling generous for it. Mm-hmm. The match didn't get me, like, really into it. Like, there were some cool spots for sure, but there were definitely some spots in this here where I was just kind of like, eh, didn't, like, fully grab my attention like the, like a markout match would get me. You know what I mean? Yes. I did find a comedic with the ref just, like, staring him down, the tag team partner down. I thought that Lane had some good strikes here. And Darby, of course, being Darby Allen, everything he does is buttery smooth. Yep. I, I liked the match. I just didn't love the match. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, going off that. All right. What you let's got hop in store? In, let's hop into my first match. My first match is from a promotion I also haven't heard of. It's from a promotion called IWC Legacy. No ringing no bells over here, so that's always a good sign. Yeah. Uh, and I also have a wrestler I've never heard of. We have Septimo Dragon. Okay. Versus Matt Seidel. Okay. Yep, but same deal. I, I know one of Matt those Seid- names. Yeah, Matt Seidel, if you don't know, uh, used to wrestle in WWE under the name Evan Bourne. Uh, if that rings any bells for you. Yep, that's where a lot but of people know him from. Probably. This match is from IWC Legacy, and uh, this match is very much a blink-and-you'll-miss-it type of match. Oh, okay. These two, these two go in pretty fast, and it stays pretty fast for the whole ten minutes of this match. 
I noticed on this podcast that we like things to just go fast and just hit the fucking pedal. We to like, metal. yeah. I mean, those matches are fun, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no downtime. There's none of that like annoying waiting. Yeah. There's no like sizing each other up. It's just like you know what? We're here to fight. Let's fight. Yep. <laughs> uh, these this match starts off with these two guys trying to hit a series of moves on each other, but nobody can touch the other one, and they keep dodging and countering and doing whatever to start off this match, and not a single hit is made. Uh, because they just dodge all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. it's super super cool when they start. Off. I love when they, I love when matches start off like that, where it's like I'm gonna hit you. No, I'm gonna hit you. No, I'm gonna hit you, and they just keep dodging and missing and like jumping over each other's kicks or whatever. Yeah, and then they both finish, and, and neither one to hit each other, and, and you're just like, and they just stare at each other for a second. It's mm-hmm. like, and just the crowd's just like, hey, that was neat. Yeah, everyone's just like, well, shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's let's but, go. Yeah. Uh. It really, it really, like, kind of, like, for me, it, like, gives the, like, the, it shows that these guys are experienced, you know? Mm-hmm. It shows that they're not inexperienced wrestlers and they were ready for this match, and I really like that. I really like when immediately it shows that both of the guys got game, and mm-hmm. this match can go either way, you know? Gotcha. Um, they, they give this one, there's this one side of the ring where they do, like, the entrances, mm-hmm. and... They give them a ton of room to work on the outside, which is great for these two because they're super high flyers. Okay. Uh, like, the, like around the other three sides of the ring, it's kind of small, but, like, where they do all the suicide dives and stuff is, like, a huge area where there's, oh, okay. like, no fans at all, and it's gigantic. Still... And I don't know. It's not it's not really, like, a big thing, but I really, I really liked it. They gave them room to work and didn't just make it, like, super tiny so they can shove as many fans in as possible and make it dangerous to work in. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It gave me like the feeling like that this uh, promotion cares about their wrestlers a little bit and knows that there's going to be some high flyers and some uh, some luchador esque people trying to do like suicide dives or like top rope moves, yeah. or stuff to the outside. So they're like, here, you have this big area to work and do whatever without fear of slamming into any barricades or whatever, or taking out a fan somehow. Exactly. It's like you go for it, and it's like cool, cool, cool. I love that. Oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, uh, there, there, there's one point where they're fighting on this big area on the outside, and uh, Dragon takes out a, uh, Seidel with a suicide dive, and then uh, Septimo Dragon is like playing to the crowd. He's like, "Yeah, look at me! Look what I just did!" And while he's doing that, Seidel like rolls underneath the ring. Okay, when he's not looking, and then Dragon turns around to go like get him back in the ring. He's like, "Where'd he go?" And he's like looking for him. He looks underneath the ring, and then and then uh, Seidel comes around from the other side and just hits him in the back, uh. <laughs> and just like throws him into the ring post and stuff, and just starts beating him up. And it's like, ah, gotcha, got him. Yeah, Seidel's being the heel in this match, like for sure. He's just doing like dirty tactics like that, playing to the crowd, just being a cocky ass. Like keeps saying he's opening his third eye, you know, his thing. Mm. So we're hearing Matt Seidel as a uh, as a heel, but I could see it. Yeah, he definitely was in this match. He was definitely the. Uh, it, it looked like because it looked like Septimo Dragon was from IWC, oh, okay. and Seidel was like the outsider they brought in for like a show. Okay, that makes so sense. it's like it looked it looked like uh, Dragon was trying to hold down the fort for IWC mm-hmm. here in this match. Standard affair for that usual type of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, this match had really like buttery. This match was just buttery, buttery smooth from part of both of these guys. There was no, like, rocky moments. There was no, like, botches or anything like that. These guys hit every transition they hit. There was a lot of cool, like, transitions to pins, to submissions in the ring. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of good transition between moves. 
just this whole match was just really, really smooth, and they both did a really, really good job at making it look really good. Um, there's a point where uh, they're doing a sequence where they're uh, running the ropes, and it ends with uh, Septimo Dragon hitting a standing Spanish fly on Seidel, mm-hmm. to which uh, he rolls him up into a pin, then Seidel rolls Septi- then reverses it and rolls Septimo into a pin, and then same thing again, Septimo gets, in- gets Seidel into a pin, and Seidel goes back into another pin, and ends up winning with that reversal oh. uh, in this pinning combination and gets a roll-up victory. I... Uh, so Seidel wins this one and takes it home. Was not expecting to hear that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that either, but I thought it was a, a cool little twist because I was definitely expecting Septimo to win and seeing Seidel take it home as the heel while everyone was cheering for Septimo and like his home. It looked like his again his home promotion. It was definitely interesting. Uh, definitely took me off guard, not in like a bad way though. You know, it was like yeah. cool because it was like it was just like yeah, you know, at that moment, just uh, Seidel was the better wrestler. Like they were just trying to counter each other, kept rolling each other up into different pins, and Seidel ends up just getting the better eye. of them. You know? Yeah, exactly. Seidel just ends up getting the better of Septimo and wins the match. But this match was good. I really liked it. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Don't think it hit that markout threshold. But it was not bad either. I really liked how smooth it was. These guys made the match look great. I'm going to give it a very, like, a very high meh. Like, it was a very good match. These two just – it was – I honestly, I would love to see these two go in, like, a half hour match. Ooh. Just, like, like give them, give them a bunch of time and just let them go, you know? I love because these these two these two really worked well together, and I feel like there was really good chemistry between the two of them, hmm. and uh, it really showed off in the match. And I liked it a lot. Like I said, a really buttery smooth. I would have loved to see these guys go for longer. Just really um, go the distance. Yeah, just really go the distance. Uh, I really liked both of them, and it ended up being a good match. I really enjoyed it. So I give it a high meh for sure. Hmm. Uh, go check that out over on I don't even remember what YouTube channel it was on. It was like it was like some like random channel. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's uh Matt Seidel versus Septimo Dragon from IWC Legacy. It's like an eleven minute video. Uh, mm. go check that out. Oh wow, that is a that's a short one. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's a super short match, but it's, it's really good. Like I said, they pack a lot of action into it. Oh wow, I just yawned into my mic. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> ah, I do it all the time. But yeah, they, it's a really short match, but they pack a ton of action into it, and definitely go check it out if you gotcha. Can. So we've got one match that was meh. One match was a more of a high meh. Following that up. I decided to go for something very recent because I wanted to get a... I just wanted to find a recent match. And I ended up deciding upon Major League Wrestling Fusion, or MLW Fusion's Davey Uh, Boy Smith Jr. versus Low Key at the uh, opening... I believe it's the opening round of the Opera Cup. Mm -hmm. Like, this literally happened, I think, a day or two ago. Okay. So, I went into this match because I was like, all right, I know Low Key is... (laughs) Awesome in the ring. Davey Boy Smith Jr. really, like, really impressed me at Bloodsport. So I was like, all right. Well, that, that was a great match. It was a fantastic match. I was like, all right, let me, let's me let go into this. So the video that I founded is the whole episode. So, like, it's an hour long, but they're matched the last 30 minutes of the episode on YouTube. So if you end up watching this and if we end up providing the link, you're going to have to go towards the end because there is another opening match. But the match mm-hmm. starts off, or the, uh, the video starts off with a nice little... Um, intro like clip like a uh, promo package to explain the uh, history between Loki and Davy Boy which to sum it up for you last year at the opening round of the Opera Cup Davy Boy was actually able to roll up Loki by turning a sleeper hold into a pin that he couldn't get out of and he okay. then went on to win the whole thing so this year it's a rematch from last year in the opening round where Loki's trying to 
Whereas Loki is trying to redeem himself from that loss as well as honor um, someone that uh, he worked at with All Japan Royal Road 2013, which is Masahiro Chono, mm-hmm. which is, I'll explain that in a second. Loki, uh, okay, Davy Boy is actually trying to do something that no one else has done, which is he's trying to win the cup for the second year in a row back to back, which no one has been able to do. So Ooh. going to this match, both guys really want to get this win. So just immediate stakes on this match, yeah, which is really, stakes are really, it, yeah. I love when they put immediate stakes to a match where there's no title on the line. It really mm-hmm. makes you just more invested. Yeah, I liked it a lot because it already set up. Because I was like, all right, I know where this is going. Uh, so the match starts off, and I'm not going to lie. The first six minutes of this match is just solid chain wrestling from each guy. It's a bit slow, but the, it really tells the story for this match that each guy really respects their opponent. Because commentary is putting over how low-key... All the stuff I said before, he wants to honor Masahiro Chono because last time he worked him at the promotion, I just said he came up short. They're putting mm-hmm. playing Loki up as like this knock, like this flash, like more not flash in the pan, but like instant knockout type deal. Where like he out of nowhere can knock you out in a second, whether but with a strike or a submission, if you were not careful. Yeah, we we we've seen it happen firsthand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got, of course, Davy Boy, who's trying to regain it. So he's being very cautious of this, and Loki's being cautious of him because he lost to him last year because he wasn't, he didn't, because uh, Davy outsmarted him. So the beginning mm-hmm. of this match is just a lot of back and forth with each guy really like respecting each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's even a handshake at the start, I think. However, eventually, classic. You get we get to the point where you see the respect between each competitor start to fade in favor of the drive to win. When uh, Loki is able to hit Davy Boy with a dragon leg screw whip. And uh, a dragon screw leg whip. That's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Loki immediately pounces on this. He starts attacking his leg, using the ropes to like jump down on his leg, like really trying to just like take all that he can out of this one injury. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get this next spot where um, eventually Davy Boy is able to get up, and Loki is in the corner. He runs at Loki. Loki jumps up because he has his back to Davy Boy. He lands both his feet on his shoulders, and then jumps mm-hmm. up again, and then mule kicks him in the chest, which Jeez. knocks him back. Unfortunately, though, for Loki, he tries to suplex Davy Boy, but can't since Davy is not only bigger and stronger than him, but he's just not that hurt enough to be able to let him do that. And he takes immediate control of this match. Mm-hmm. And uh, it lasts for a little bit before Loki gets a comeback, which is awesome here because it really um, it really showcases the break net, like the uh, miss uh, was a blink and you'll miss it type where Loki is just a he's like a grenade sort of like he just mm-hmm. explodes like he immediately. Out of nowhere, whips Davy into the corner, running forearms him to the face of me, and then runs up onto him, and then starts elbowing him in the face like he's trying to break, like bust him open. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh shit!" And then Davy Boy, of course, then just throws him over the top rope over to the outside because he can, because he got a bit too excited and didn't think that through. Is at this point then okay. that Davy Boy starts to you see kind of the respect for him starts to go away because he goes out there, he starts to beat the shit out of low key. <laughs> He tries at to one point, at one point, the respect goes away. It just yes. turns into "just stay down." Yes, and we actually will get to that point when he does say that to him. But uh, spoilers, uh, oh, David wow. even tries to restart the count, but the Rev isn't having any of it. He's like, "Come on, you got to get in the ring," and he just continues the count. And I was like, "David gave him this look of like, for real? The fu- hey, hey, <laughs> I'm beating this guy up." You're the su- ro- but you're supposed to. Oh, <sighs> fine. And so he gets into the ring. Like, Loki's hanging over the outside of the apron. He just kind of picks him up and slams him down into the apron, rolls him in, starts to step on both his hands, like, using the, the ropes. Like, really, like, just disrespectful stuff to hurt uh, Loki. Then we get into this part of this match that 
didn't hit as well as I was hoping it would for me, which is mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Davy Boy working over Loki's arm. Okay. So he gets Loki in a Fujiwara, but Loki gets to the ropes. He tries to drag him off the ropes, but again, the ref isn't having any of it and says to him, you can't be doing that, and he lets go of the hold and gets us to the ref. He's like, what the fuck, man? He wasn't on the ropes anymore. Exactly. He then throws Loki in the corner. He starts to work his arm using the ropes, which is his left arm, I believe, at this point, because he starts okay. to focus on one arm. He then starts to choke him out with his boat with his uh, boot while he's uh, in the bottom of the ropes, and the ref again has to get the count to stop him. I don't know why I like the idea of him choking him out with his boat. Boat. <laughs> boot. Oh. He just brings in, like, a rowboat, and he's like, just submit! <laughs> so then eventually, after an arm drag, Davy Boy just continues to work over Loki's arm until Loki finally gets some, like, tries to get some offense and rolls him up with a crucifix, but... He kicks out of it, and he starts to work the arm, like, again, because Loki, of course, having to do a crucifix, need to use his injured arm to pull him down, and he doesn't have the arm strength anymore for that. Mm-hmm. Several times, Loki almost gets out of Davy Boy's grasp, like, various submissions, but each time, Davy Boy just immediately knocks him down. There's even a point where he lifts Loki up under his the arm he worked over. Like, he literally, like, puts both his arms up. He lifts him up by just the one arm. So, like... Oof. And you can tell it's hurting him because he immediately drops him and he's just start he leg drops his arm, beats him down. He then goes for it again. Really working the arm. Yes, literally it is a lot of that. But this time Loki counters it. And he actually jumps. This is something really cool where like he's up in the air being held up by an arm, his arm. And he then jumps over onto Davy Boy's shoulders into like an electric chair position. And then he just rolls him up from that. Look okay. awesome. He kicked out of it again. And again, Davy Boy just beats the shit out of Loki. This time actually yelling, come on, Loki, like, stay down. Like, he's just, like, yelling at him to just stay the fuck down at this point because he's beat his ass for the next last, like, ten minutes, I think it was, or something like that. Davy Boy then goes for a German, and Loki tries hanging on to the ropes, but God, it doesn't help him because his arm is hurt, I assume, because he then hits it onto him. He kicks out for it. He goes for He puts him in another Fujiwara, but this time he actually gets to the ropes. Davy then goes mm-hmm. for the German again, but this time Loki, again, this is another theme, but Loki is like, he tries to go for the same thing, but Loki this time is able to flip out of it and then double stomps Davy in the chest. Finally, we get to the point now where Loki finally gets some, like an actual offensive maneuver in, and I was happy to see it. Loki uh, knocks him down to size with a series of running strikes before eventually hitting a springboard enziguri, which knocks the big man down to size. He then goes mm-hmm. for the suplex he tried, which got him into this position in the first place, but can't get it. because <laughs> Which got him into this position in the first place. Where he got beat up for it. And again, David Boy gets out. But this time, Loki uh, immediately hops back onto him and gets him into an octopus hold, which look- which is really smooth because Loki is just smooth as butter in the ring. And uh, David Boy eventually gets out of it. I think there's a point where he's like biting on Loki's foot so that he doesn't like verbally submit and he drags himself over to the ropes when he's in this octopus hold. Okay. And then Loki uh, proceeds to, because <laughs> Davy Boy now is on his knees. He then does the Daniel Bryan like kicks to the chest repeatedly. Except you know how like that every... always, those always make me cringe because it's like, whew, yeah, imagine like, getting your chest caved in like that. Yeah, it's some stiff strikes of Loki too. And you know how like there's a cool little bit here, where, like you know where like every heel always ducks the last kick and then immediately and then beats the shit out of him. Yeah, thankfully that's not the case here. Davy ducks. Loki like stops mid kick, sees it grabs him by the head, does a little series of, like, small, like, little kicks, and then just whoops him in the face with a punt to the face. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, damn, he fucked him up with that. <laughs> then Loki goes to the top once Davy's down, but he immediately gets up and tries to superplex him, but he can't get it done. 
He then goes for one of his finishers, which commentary review was like the uh, the double stomp from the top, but he misses. Lo uh, Davy then gets a like power slam, which isn't like the best power slam I've ever seen, but it's still he still hits it, which I was glad to see. He didn't mm -hmm. mess it up. At this point now, Davy is frustrated because he's beaten this man for ten minutes, and now he's suddenly come back to him, and he's back in this match. So he takes out his mouth guard, and commentary is like, "Oh shit, he's getting serious now." <laughs> Oh, it's getting real. Yep. He then goes for a running power slam, but creatively, this is kind of cool. Like, he's got Loki in the corner, and he goes to run, but Loki gets his feet underneath the ropes and hooks them under the turnbuckle so he can't go forward. Mm -hmm. And then he actually gets his arm around Davy Boy's neck and puts him in a dragon sleeper in the corner. Okay. Davy Boy starts to... The ref has to make Loki break this, obviously. So Loki then actually transitions it into what is basically like a sleeper hold where he uses his arm and his leg to actually get the sleeper in while he's over Davy Boy's shoulders, which, mm -hmm. if you saw the pro the package at the, last, the beginning of this episode, is the hold that Davy Boy rolled him up from. So Davy Boy starts to panic and grabs the ref. The ref, like the whole match, does not have any of this, and he immediately just pulls him off of him and goes away. It's at this point then that... <laughs> Davy Boy desperately tries to roll up Loki again like he did last year, but Loki is once again is prepared for this, and he actually then rolls him up this time for the win. Hey! The two then shake hands afterwards. There's no beat up after this match. Loki is at the end says like all it takes is just one pinfall, one submission. That's it. This is true. One moment and you're out. They all fall like the rest, and he leaves. You are correct. Just takes one one opportunity to win a match. Yep. I. With like, seconds, I'm amped up right now, but uh, this match is solid. It had a lot of great strikes, and I really like the booking for this match. My only complaint is that there wasn't anything that grabbed me, and like that 10 minutes where he was just working over Loki's arm, while I get what they were going for, it kind of slowed the match I mean, down for me and didn't, didn't really yeah, it, get me. It's fair. Davey Boy Smith is more of a technical wrestler. Davey Boy Smith Jr. is more of a technical yeah. wrestler, technical aspect wrestler. He likes to do a lot of groundwork, so it makes sense that he's working over the arm pretty hard. Yeah, like it's like it's kind of like I like a I understood it, but for me, it kind of like made me go ah, uh, like not. It didn't like pop me off as much as I was hoping it would. But like when I was writing I mean, this yeah, up, I was it's, like, it's, damn. It's it's like the it's the wrestling style where it's like it's not pretty, but it's effective. You yes. know, and like. This is something probably a match that Ryan would like a lot more. Like, this was, mm -hmm. like, very well thought out. Like, each guy was very clearly, like, thinking out their match. Like, I love the booking for this match. Like, I thought it was really well thought out, and I appreciated all, like, the effort they did into it, the interviews with each guy before this match, all of that. But for me, it'll probably get, again, another meh. It's two mm -hmm. mehs for me this week, but uh, still good. Like, if you like chain wrestling, you'll enjoy this match, I think. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, on to that. What all right. <laughs> what do you got for us for your last match? My my next match this week, we have a match from Lucha Underground cuz I was feeling a uh, high flying this week yeah, apparently. Yeah, say shit. I guess you and I was going for the fucking ground got, shit and you got We got my 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 two matches included three luchas and Matt Seidel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got we got uh Phoenix. Ah, uh, so good. Take it on King Cuerno. In a gift of the in a ladder match for the gift of the gods championship. Okay, I know this belt because this belt, if I recall correctly, looks really cool. Yeah, it's the one with like the five sections on it. Yes, it is. You need like ugh, you I need don't to, remember. Yeah, how it went, but if like you, it's like if you collect all five sections, you get the belt, and then whoever has the belt, it's like a, it, basically the belt is like a money in the bank briefcase where you can yeah. cash it in for a world title shot. Mm -hmm. uh, and current and at the current time of this match. 
uh, the champion was Mil Muertes. Oh, shit, okay. So whoever won this match got to use the belt to cash in on Mil Muertes' uh, Lucha Underground Championship. Oh, shit. Well, Rafe Phoenix so, is amazing, so I'm excited to hear. How this yes, goes. so this match starts off like any Phoenix match does, fast. Yep. Phoenix immediately takes the offensive and starts getting in hella moves, does a suicide dive, you know, just absolutely starts beating down Cuerno right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cuerno slows him down pretty quickly when uh, he ends up taking control on the outside, uh, throwing throwing Phoenix into the ring post and beating him down a little bit, throws him back into the ring, uh, take grabs one of the ladders, doesn't set it up, throw, doesn't set it up, though he throws it into the corner. Mm-hmm. And he ends up power bombing Phoenix into it. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so this match is a lot of Cuerno taking control. Uh, gotcha. There's there's a lot of Cuerno's like dominating most of this match. Uh, there's a part where they're on the outside and a ladder is set up on like you know how there's like a bunch of random like just like walls and ledges in Luge Underground. Yeah. There's a ladder set up on one of the walls and. It's not, like, open, but it's, like, just leaning on the wall. Okay. And uh, Cuerno was going to powerbomb Phoenix into it, but then Phoenix reverses it, uh, and he tries to uh, Irish whip him into it, but then Cuerno reverses the Irish whip, and then Phoenix reverses it back, throws Cuerno into the ladder, but Cuerno jumps up onto the ladder. Oh, shit. And then just jumps off of it and does, like, a flying clothesline to Phoenix. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Uh, it was like it was like reversal. Oh, reversal. Oh, another reversal. Oh my god. <laughs> exactly. It's like no, I got you. No, I got you. No, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was like that. It was like ah, who's getting the upper hand at the end here? Mm-hmm. Uh. Then there was one part where uh they are fighting on. The, there's a ladder set up on the outside. It's like uh, uh, just like right, like set up like you would climb it. Mm-hmm. And they and they both climb up this ladder. They're punching each other, beating each other down. And then Phoenix grabs uh, Cuerno's, he- Cuerno's mask and just bashes his head on the ladder. Nice. Knocks Cuerno off the ladder. And uh, this ladder was set up right by one of those random ledges I was talking about. <laughs> uh, where Fe- Phoenix ends up get, uh, going from the ladder onto that ledge. Mm-hmm. Taking a second to breathe. And then he does, he does a running senton. He vaults over the ladder and does a senton onto Cuerno. Holy shit. Oh, Ray Phoenix, you crazy motherfucker, but you're so good at wrestling that I never worry. Yeah, uh they they keep fighting on the out this a lot of, also a lot of this match takes place on the outside. Fair enough. Uh they they fight into the crowd and uh Phoenix is up on the they they're fighting into the crowd, they're throwing each other into the, the, the chairs and whatever. And there's one point where you know how the crowd has like that uh that fence kind of that ledge? Yeah. That's right there. Phoenix gets up on one of those to go like do a move onto Cuerno, but then Cuerno just, like, gets up and shoves uh, Phoenix off oh. into into a ladder they set up previously. Oh, my God. So Phoenix falls from the crowd just straight back first onto a ladder. Oh, my God. It was wild. You could tell it was supposed to break, but it didn't. It, like, broke oh. a little bit. It, like, only broke a little bit, so Phoenix just, like, bounced off. I am the ladder. Oh, it looks so brutal, because you, you know it was gimmick, because definitely one side, like, broke in half, but mm-hmm. the other side didn't. So, like, it just, he, Phoenix just hits this ladder and just bounces off of it oh. instead of going through it. So there was just no give, so it just looks so painful. That probably sucked. 
Yeah, it was rough. Uh, there was one point where Phoenix... I, I love Phoenix's super kicks. Mm. I think I think Phoenix has my favorite super kick in the business. It's understandable. <laughs> even even over the Bucks, like who are the kings of super kicks? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Phoenix has my favorite super kick. He always, no matter what he does, it's always good. I, he and Pentagon are like two of my favorite wrestlers. Period. Yeah, there was just there was just one part where uh, like Cuerno goes to throw Phoenix into that ladder again. That was that same ladder he did the clothesline off of before, yeah. and Phoenix just stops himself. And just goes, hey, you know what? Super kick. And just knock Cuerno out. Like, he just takes him down. <laughs> hey, you know what? Kick him like, in the like, face. He, we, we don't need anything fancy here. Just kick him in the face. Uh, there's one point where they both climb up the ladder in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. There's, okay, I missed the part. There was a yeah, point where uh, Phoenix gets taken down on the outside. Cuerno goes in, sets up the ladder, starts climbing it. And then Phoenix comes back. Mm-hmm. And springboards off the top rope and drop kicks Querno off of the ladder. Oh shit! And then uh, they're both in the ring, ladder set up. They both end up getting up and climbing the ladder, and mm-hmm. they're fighting, fighting, fighting. They both reach for the title, and they both grab. It's on like a weird like bracket. It's not like like, like usual where it's just the belt hanging down, like in WWE. Yeah. They have it. It's like a big bracket that looks kind of like a pyramid. Okay. There's like a lot of a lot of like. Uh, a lot of ways to hold this belt up. So they both end up grabbing onto like one end of the bracket each, mm-hmm. and then the ladder falls out from under them, and they're just oh. hanging from. They're just hanging from it. Oh shit! And they just they just end up like fighting each other on this thing, and they both just come crashing down to the floor. Oh, shit! Probably did not look fun. Yeah, it was. It did not look like a good time. They both just like fell straight to the ring from where they were hanging on this on this bracket. Um. Then Querno decides he's had enough, goes outside, goes underneath the ring, grabs oh, a man. table. Oh, shit. We got the tables. Uh, he sets it up right by the corner. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's going to go superplex Phoenix through it. Okay. But then uh, Phoenix reverses it, gets gets Querno a little groggy on the ropes. Then Phoenix gets up onto the ropes, not the turnbuckle, the ropes. Mm-hmm. And he does the thing where he, like, is like the the he like bounces off of the ropes like with like he like jumps up bounces off of the ropes and then he does a hurricane rana oh my god onto Querno who goes through the table Ooh. and that's what lets Phoenix get the upper hand climb that ladder and grab that belt and Phoenix wins the match is the new ha, is the new gift of the gods champion Phoenix takes it home in this ladder match that that match is fuck sounds wild. This match was super wild. Uh, it's crazy to me that this match is just free on YouTube. Mm. Um, also, it got me thinking about Lucha Underground. It made me think that... Oh, uh, before I get into a rant, this match gets a mark out, by the way. Super oh. good. Super <laughs> okay. awesome. Alright, hit me with that rant. So anyway, definitely gets a mark out for me. Go check it out. Free on YouTube. Phoenix versus King Cuerno. Ladder match. <laughs> um, so this got me thinking about Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. And how in this in the in these uh what's the word unprecedented times? Yeah. Uh I think Lucha Underground could thrive more than ever. Yeah, probably. If it if it made a comeback because they could just really play on the fact that it's an underground fight pit. Like you know how we had that you know how yeah, when we went true. to when we went to Bloodsport 
yeah. it had that it had that feeling of being like, wow, this really feels just like underground, like just an underground fight pit. Like, yeah. th- there's no ropes on this ring. It's in like this concrete room. There's not that many people here. It's dark. It looks like it looks like just like a like an underground fight ring in like an action movie. Mm-hmm. If Lucha Underground can capitalize on that, like if you have no fans or very little fans, I think it could work really, really well. Because it really working. it really emphasizes the underground part of Lucha gotcha. Underground. So if they capitalize on the actual like underground part and like really try to bring it back and bring like like upcoming luchas to it and like really just capitalize on that underground fight pit feel and mm-hmm. like maybe stream it on Twitch like Impact does. I could see that work. I think they could have something special. That's all I'm saying. I think I think I think Lucha Underground can make a big comeback. Hmm. I could definitely see I think, that. I think it's like prime and ready. People are people wait want it, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I, I don't know. I think it could be really cool, but uh, I guess that's not really up to me, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it could be sick. It could really work out. But that was my rant, and that my match got a mark out. So let's jump into uh, the match we both watched this week. Ah, uh, yes, this match. We watched a pretty fun match, I'll say. We watched El Generico versus Pac versus the Canadian Destroyer, Petey Williams, versus Matt Cross. At Resistance Pro Wrestling. At Resistance Pro Wrestling, yes. Uh, oh, this, match is, this match is weird, right? This, why do I have mixed feelings on this match? Yeah, me too. This match, so, this match is weird because it starts off as a one-on-one match between Pac and El Generico. Yeah, which confused me at first because I was like, I'm like, did Mikey give me the wrong thing? I'm like, is this, is Matt Cross and... And Petey Williams gonna have another match. I also thought I clicked on the wrong thing at first. I was like, "Wait, what?" Because it's like five <laughs> or six minutes at the beginning of the two of them just wrestling, and it's everything you want. By the way, it's crisp, it's, it's clean, it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, one great. thing that actually bothered me about the one-on-one match is that they kept stopping and giving each other handshakes and like high fives, and I'm like, "Just wrestle! You yeah. did it already. We I get mean, it. You respect each other." Yeah, pretty much. And I, I also enjoyed how Pac eventually got on his nerves. He's like, all right, listen here, motherfucker. Listen, stop helping me yelp. I get it. I'm better than you. Stop treating me like... And this thing is that right as Pac, Pac is about to start to turn into like the face of the heel of this match. The match when, once Pac starts to turn into the Pac we know today. Yes, and we're about to get El Generico versus a prototype heel Pac, as far as I care, as far as I was concerned at this point. The match is interrupted by the actual heel of this match. The Canadian mm-hmm. destroyer, Petey Williams, who complains about how he hasn't been booked in this match and how they're saying it's booking it as, like, the best of the high flyers. And it's insulting to say he's not one of the best in this match. And he wants to be in it right now. And he just persuades it. And Pac and Generico are like, all right, sure, yeah, you can come in. Can- yeah, I thought that was funny where they were just, like, where they just, like, talked it over for a second with the ref. They were like, do you want to do this? And, yeah, I could do this. Yeah, we could do this. Sure. Hey, ref, yeah. call it. Yeah, we're fine with it. <laughs> yep. He gets into the ring, and immediately there are two faces versus a heel, so he immediately gets out of dodge. Yeah, I, I love that he called to make this match a three-way, and then immediately is like, you know what, I'm out. Yep. It's like, then why did you... <sighs> that was my thing, too. I was like, why Why did you... Alright, whatever. He then starts taking cheap shots at them, and eventually the two of them are like, alright, I'm done with your shit. Yeah. Similar to me, where I was like, alright, give me this triple threat match, because at this point now, we haven't gotten a ton of high-flying with mm-hmm. these three, so I was like, all right, come on, get the match. So they go out of the ring, beat his ass, and throw him in the ring. Oh, I yeah. Like, yes. I, I, like, I like that point on the outside where they both just surround him, and then they just pass him back and forth with, like, chops and elbows. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, good. 
They get him in the ring. They do a few double teams, and then he immediately rolls right back out of the ring. So mm-hmm. it's again Henrico. So we get pop. back to this. We get back to the same one-on-one match we had yep. originally. That that was my exact thought. I was like, I'm like, I don't even need Williams here right now. But okay, I'll wait for Cross to show up eventually. Williams then eventually jumps back in. I think he chucks Henrico out, beats up Pac for a bit. He then starts to flex on him because he's Pete Williams and he's goddamn in good shape. I mean. A lot of the people in this match. Everyone in this ripped. match. I think at some point the guy's like, do you ever just walk into a wrestling match and then get four bodybuilders in the same match? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is true. Everyone in this match is extremely ripped right now. And this is true. They're all very cut. <laughs> yes, very cut men. But as I say that, he's flexing. Eventually, the fourth contender comes in. Matt Cross. Matt Cross. Who's from Tough Enough on WWE. I'm glad they said that because I would have no clue who this was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I learned on Tough Enough that you need to make an opportunity. I'm not even supposed to be in this promotion. I'm not even booked for a match here. So I'm going to make this, try to make this match a fatal four-way, which he is successful in doing because Enrico and Pac are like, sure, fuck it. We already let the one guy in. Let's let the other guy in. But yeah, might as well at this point. Yeah. And at first it looks like the three of them are going to beat the shit out of Williams because he's, again, the only heel. And then Cross mm-hmm. turns on them and we're like, all right, here's our other heel. Okay. And it doesn't it doesn't become a fatal four way match. It almost becomes like a tornado tag team match. Yeah, it does, because God, for a long time here, we just get Cross and Williams just double teaming Pac. Over just double teaming Pac and Generico and just beating down the both of them. Yeah. And eventually, like there's like a cool maneuver, like kind of like well, that cool, more so interesting maneuver where like Williams puts Pac in a single leg crab and Cross like runs the ropes for a while just to leg drop him. Yeah, it's like he's building up, building up, building up, building up, and then it's like leg drop. I feel like that was supposed to get heat on him, which it kind of did for me. Did I was for me. like, was, I was like, oh, you, you cocky son of a bitch. I feel like if I feel like a more effective thing could have been, he could have just stopped and he could have just not even kicked him. He could have been like, you thought I was going to hit him. Mm-hmm. But anywho, I digress. Yeah. Eventually, though, the heels. If you've ever seen a fatal four way match with two heels and two faces, the heels are eventually going to turn on each other to try to get the pinfall. Yeah, but interestingly enough, they don't turn on each other like I thought they were going to. Like. They get distracted with each other, and Pac briefly gets back into the match after each one takes a turn trying to pin the other one behind him behind the other back. Mm-hmm. And then the two just kind of continue their double team this time. Yeah, it was interesting that they didn't use that. You know that yeah, they like, were that they were double team moves, and then one of them, and then they each tried to get a pin while the other wasn't looking, and they were like, "Ah, oh, that's fine." Yeah, like, you, like, you know, you know, that's what the point is. Yeah. The point is to win the match. I get it. And they were just like mm-hmm. cool with it. And then, yeah, like, like, he tried to steal your win, dog. Like, the hell? Like, for, like, the slimmest seconds, you saw the two of them get in each other's faces. And then I think Williams told them to just listen to him. Mm-hmm. And, like, another double team after this is, like, Williams has got, um, uh, I think, oh, it is. Williams has Pac and a camel clutch. Mm-hmm. And Cross just runs up and drop kicks him in the face, which looked good. But, again, I came here. There are four high flyers here, and I've just seen them do a bunch of standard, not really flashy tag team maneuver stuff. So I was, like... Like okay, mm-hmm. is the match gonna? When are we gonna get the fatal four way? We gonna do a thing? Is it gonna be a, not a tag match? Yeah, and like several times here, by the way, Pack almost makes a comeback, but the two just keep double teaming him. And I don't know where Hanerico is on the outside here. I think commentary mentioned he might get hurt because he just disappears for like a large portion of this match. I don't know. Yeah, where, he does. I don't know that what happened weird. to him. But when he comes back, he hits a gigantic blue thunder bomb. Oh my god! Yeah, finally, like yeah, Pack breaks out Inzaguri's cross. Vo- like Williams like starts to beat the shit out of Pac, and Erico comes in, hits this really good blue thunder bomb, and I was like, "There we go!" Dude, he like he like runs in and like catches it and catches somebody. I think it was I think it was Matt Cross off of like a. Or he, was it Williams? Williams he gets catches, the blue thunder bomb. 
Yeah, he like he like he like just runs in and like catches him, and it looks so smooth and buttery, mm-hmm. cur- and just buttery smooth blue thunder bomb. And then when he doesn't get it, he's like, "What?" He just it's gets such him a up. it's such a cool move. <laughs> it's such a cool move, and whenever he gets someone like AJ Styles or like anyone that can sell that move well, it looks so good when it's done well. I mean, yeah, that's but that's but that's Sami Zayn. This is El Generico we're talking about. This is about. true. This is not. This is a different person. He just happens completely to be different person. Just steals his move set on live television. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sami Zayn, I think, is heavily inspired by El Generico. I know, yeah. He's his hero. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Okay. He goes for, uh, he then hits an awesome Michinoku driver on Williams again, and he still doesn't win, and it looks great. Williams then gets into it, hits a, a really good Hurricane Rana on, um, I forgot what he does afterwards, but Generico goes for a, for a, I think what they called it a whatchamacallit kick or something like I that. I don't know, yeah, I don't know what they called it. In, on the cross. In the Indies, but, but it, cross, was the, like, it, was, it was the Haluva kick. Yeah, it's the Haluva kick. Henrico goes for it. Cross jumps out. Oh, and I remember Williams was like, t- got hit by Zane, so he. Zane, oh my god. Henrico falls out of the ring and then Cross comes in. Avoid- I, always thought the, I always thought the Haluva kick was the hell of a kick. Yeah, that's what I thought of it too. I thought that like, was the like, get like, like, like they're saying, like, oh yeah, that's a hell of a kick. That's what I thought so too. But it's Haluva, apparently, and that threw me off. Anyway, sorry, continue. Stupid, it's all right. stupid tangent. So uh, Cross jumps out of the, over the corner, kicks Tenerico in the face, hits a double stomp to his back, doesn't get the win. And then, oddly enough, Cross charges Tenerico. He boots him. Tenerico boots him in the face and then just throws him up out of the corner. And, like, he just disappears, I'm pretty sure. Because mm-hmm. then Pack out of nowhere, hits a... Oh, never mind. No. Um... Fucking, uh, Pac just hits Cross with a massive crossbody. Like, this thing literally appeared out of nowhere, and it was huge. Loved also, can it. we talk, can we real quick talk about the one moment where, um, Pac and Generico hit a cool double-team move, where Generico gets on all fours, and Pac uses him to do the red arrow? Oh, yeah, that shit looks sick. That was, like, farther <laughs> back. But it looks so cool, because it's just, like, you have about a foot of space yeah. off of off of Henrico's back to jump up and this, do this. And Pac, Pac, Pac. Yeah, Pac, yeah, Pac doing that made me think of the meme where it's like, wait, Pac, Pac, like, uh, Pac is good, always has been. Yep. Like, like <laughs> always has been. Always has been. Um... <laughs> <laughs> like, like Pac is just like just a, a great wrestler and just always has been a great wrestler, and it's incredible just watching him, especially in his early days, still just like completely knock these moves out of the park like they're nothing. So you know? ridiculously talented, just makes it look so easy all the time. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, let's see. Ah, uh, yes, Pac was in control for a bit. Williams finally then takes control with like a hurricane Rana motion into a Russian Russian leg sweep with a followed by a flatliner, but can't put Pac away. He then goes for a Canadian Destroyer, but Pac rolls him up, and then sets off a chain of events where everyone starts to roll the last guy that's rolling that person up. Yeah. And uh, at the end, Cross ends up booting Pac in the face. William then super kicks Cross, and then Williams then hits a Haluva kick from Henerico in the corner. Mm-hmm. But then Hen- Pac runs up and hits Henerico with a spike Hurricane Rana, which I was not expecting. Yeah. And left everyone knocked out. At this point in the match, I was like, yes. I was like, this is what I Finally, wanted Finally, it's a fatal four-way. I'm like, in this 26-minute long match, 20 minutes in, we finally have got... It's not a tornado tag match. Yes, finally. So um, Pac and Eric are the two first up. They're, like, staggering, trying to knock each other down. They end up both knocking each other to the opposite corner. And Erica runs at Pac and just gets formed in the face. 
Pac goes up to the top, hits a shooting star, but then William runs up and then hits him with his famous Canadian destroyer. Looked as the amazing. the innovator of the Canadian destroyer. Oh, looks looks, so looks great because of course it does because he he invented the fucking move of course he's gonna it make it look good is probably my favorite finishing move ever I, I think it was for me it was so crazy watching this Canadian destroyer and being like that's the guy who made that move up that's mm-hmm. the guy who did that move first like yep. that's so cool it's awesome I I think I la- I first saw him in like Impact something like that and he did it and I remember I was watching I was like that is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen like that's It's so sick. It's such a sick move. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish I wish it was I wish it was treated as such a sick move, but it's not like I wish it was just a finishing move mm-hmm. and people wouldn't kick out of it because it seems like so brutal but no yeah. everyone always kicks out of it. Maybe like it's we'll... never it never I've never actually seen a Canadian destroyer finish a match. Yeah. Maybe we'll get something like uh Adam Cole where like he'll get a some will have a version of it to make their finisher like the Panama Sunrise. Yeah, he that one that one's sick. I love the Panama Sunrise. Yeah, like I, maybe we'll get something like that one of these days where someone makes it their finisher so maybe there'd be a bit for that. I don't know. Oh, I would man. love that. Yeah. I would definitely love to see that. So, at the end, let's see. He hits the destroyer, but Cross breaks it up so he can't get the pin off of it. He then goes for tries to go for more offense, Cross this one, but then uh he runs at Williams in the corner and Williams just tosses him out of the ring and this is the part where Cross just disappears at this point. He's gone. Don't know where mm-hmm. he went. And the finish then comes right after this where Generico hits the Haluva kick onto Williams still in the corner, hits an off the top rope brainbuster onto the ropes. I feel like that was supposed to be in the ring, but hey, he then drags him into the into the ring and pins him. Well, the brainbuster on the top rope made sense because they, they that's what they do. They do. Yeah. He does that. He used to do that sometimes. Like but that like, was his finisher. Oh, that, is it actually supposed to be on the top rope? I think so. Yeah. I have never seen a Henerico match. I've seen plenty of Sami Zayn matches, but he doesn't do that. So I I was like, I'm not sure if that was supposed to be going in the ring or if that's how that move's supposed to actually. No, be. I think I think it's supposed I think it's supposed to be off the top. Right, I think I, it's supposed to be like on the top rope. And I am a misinformed man. Do ignore that. The what I said about that might be messed up. I, I mean, I could also be wrong. I don't know. I haven't watched much Generico, but I'm pretty sure that it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like that. But I have no clue. I have yeah. no frame of reference. You know. Yeah. Exactly. I will say. Just as a side note, I really like the camera work in this match a lot. Not yeah, only it was pretty good. It wasn't. There, it, it was surprisingly good. Yeah, there were a lot of cuts that made sense. I never felt disoriented when they cut to stuff. Like it was good angles. They it's not like miss, WWE where it's like cut, 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 cut. They didn't like cut people out when they did the different shots. I was like, I'm like, ah, I'm like, fair play. This is good shit. WWE really needs to fix that they, aspect garbage. of their production. Everyone said nobody. They never listen though. It, everyone always hates it and says it's garbage, and they need to stop doing all the cuts. Especially the worst, especially is when somebody's doing like a beatdown oh and they God. cut on every single punch. It's, it's like you don't need to keep cutting on every hit. It drives me nuts. It's. it's- terrible like it's like there I, there are like clips you'll find online people that are like yeah they cut like 60 times in a matter of 30 seconds and i was just it's like, what? terrible it's, it's so annoying awful it is terrible i've i've terrible. i've done i've done a little bit of directing and technical directing for backstage stuff for live productions and mm-hmm. cutting between different cameras i've only i only had three max but like i'm not like wwe style obviously where they have like 30 different cameras but i've exactly. had like three cameras to work with and it's tough because you gotta like the way you gotta call those shots, you have to like, you have to be like, prep this shot, go to the shot, prep this shot, go to the shot, prep wow. this shot, go to the shot. That's insane for me. So, so the so the camera, because because you have a director who calls that stuff, and then you have a technical director 
who does all the actual switching from camera to camera. Oh, okay. So when the so when the director in the back calls for a shot, the TD has to bring it up has to bring it up on the the switchboard and pop it onto the screen. Mm-hmm. Have to be like prep camera three, go to camera three. Prep camera two, go to camera two. Stuff yeah. like that. So it's just like, how do you cut that many times so quickly? Because you have to that you uh, that, it's just Kevin done in the back like prep camera one, go to camera one. Prep camera two, go to camera two. Prep camera three, go to camera three. Prep camera five, go to camera five. Like fuck, man. Like relax. I don't, I don't envy the one that has to. Twi- I don't. I don't. Has envy to do the switching. We're like, <laughs> like it's like ah. Oh. It's like God. It tries to be insane. Like it's not. Like, it's definitely not easy to do. Like switching and di- like I like I like I like I had a little bit of co- like I said I took a college course in like live broadcasting so it's like I'm not obviously not saying I have like a ton of experience but like I've experienced a little bit of it and I get it could be stressful even with th- only three cameras mm-hmm. so like I don't I don't I mean these guys are professionals I guess but still it must be sh- it's just stressful on everybody I feel like yeah oh man for a product for a product that nobody really likes to watch like nobody likes that many cuts. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Anyway, off of that <laughs> tangent. I guess that makes it for the uh, the lack of the small talk at the beginning. Yeah. So, uh, um, I'm not going to lie. I had higher expectations going into this match. I really wanted it to be more like the ending of this match. I got a lot less high-flying stuff, and I was I left the match a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I agree with that. I agree with that. I wish, I do wish it was, I do wish I either saw, the, the two things I wanted from this match was either just Generico and Pac, which there are matches of, which I definitely will be watching in the future, mm. or I just wanted this match to start off as a Fatal 4-Way from the beginning. Yeah, because it's a lot of setup for the Fatal 4-Way to start up. And then it ends up being a Tornado Tag match. It doesn't even end up being a Fatal 4-Way, yeah, which is the most be- annoying like part. Like I said, it only becomes the Fatal 4-Way at the last like five or six minutes of the match when they actually yeah. start beating up each other. And that's, I wanted that for the rest of the, for this match. Like That's what I wanted for this match. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because and... you know all of these guys are really good. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, like n- n- I will say this because I didn't say it. None of the wrestling here is bad. There is no, no like, major mess no. ups. No, 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 no. Everyone here does their moves great. They perform them well. I just I didn't want a tornado tag match. I wanted a fatal four-way match between four dudes, and I wanted to see people fly around the ring more. That's all. I agree. <sighs> uh, so what, what, do we, what do we give this match altogether? I... I'm gonna give this match a meh. I didn't want to give it the miss also out. Also gonna do that because it's not a bad match. I would say miss out because there is some cool stuff, and you could tell that they're tr- that they're like it's yo. It's definitely worth watching. Yeah, it's yeah, just you, it. Yeah. Absolutely, it's worth watching. But like, am I gonna say this match is a mark out? No, I can't. No. Like, the setup for this match and it didn't pay off as well as I was. It, the setup was not worth the uh, the payoff was not worth the setup in my opinion. Yeah, like, I can agree with that. Like, I agree with you. If you were just going to do the Fiddle 4 just start out with the Fiddle 4 and it probably, probably would have a higher opinion of this match, because... Yep. But uh, it didn't, and, like, that's... I, I hate being a bit hard on it, but, like, yeah, that's... I give it the meh, because, like, the wrestling was good, too. That If the wrestling was bad, then God help this match. I would have been a lot harder on this match. Mm-hmm. I would have also been flabbergasted at the idea that Hanerico and Pac and Petey Williams and Matt Cross all had a bad match somehow. Yeah, there's no, thing. there's no, there's, they, they did, I don't think they didn't have a bad match. It was not, in the slightest, a bad match. No way. It just could have been much better, you know? Yes. But, I, 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 like, I'm, I'm on the, the, I'm on the same train as you. I give it a meh. I yeah. don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was a waste of my time. I just know 
all the all four of these guys could be better and they mm-hmm. could have done better if they just started out as a fatal four way yeah, and let let them all go you yeah. know it sounds like our expectations were both pretty high for this and we both came out like uh eh. yeah maybe that's maybe that's partly on us but like i don't know it's it's Pac, El Generico, PD Williams, and Matt Cross. Like, of course, we have high expectations. They're all really yeah. good wrestlers. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's. I, I think it's a fair assumption to have big expectations going into this match. Yeah. I like I said, fair. not definitely not a waste of your time. Go not check it out. Not a waste of your time at all. Very no. cool. Still, they do, do some really that. cool moves. Very awesome. It, it's it's a good match. Just a meh. Uh, anyway, so that wraps us up for all of the matches we watched this week. So let's go back to last week and let's look at the double down the double down it's now time to find out if the match was you know actually good or bad i don't know it's time for the double down let's 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 flash back to last week zach who's who started the double down uh last week i started last week all right so i'll go this week uh you gave me to watch what did I give? Sorry, you? I know I I know what you gave me. I'm just look. I'm just getting my notes. You gave you gave me to watch Jeff Cobb versus Ricochet from PWG ah, yes. in the Battle of Los Angeles 2016. Ah, God, what a match! This match was so good. Yes, it was. Uh, I love I love Ricochet being a cocky asshole right in the beginning, being like, "I'm the best. I've won this. I've been in this like eight times or whatever they said." <laughs> yeah, it's just he's. I love cock, cocky Ricochet here. Yeah, and Ricochet just being a complete dickhead throughout the whole match. Um, there was that there was that really cool, uh, the the spot where Ricochet does a standing moonsault onto Cobb, mm-hmm. and, like the the people's elbow kind of thing. He does a standing moonsault, and then Cobb just back catches him and backwards rolls. Yeah, and that. just like throws him. That was super sweet. Uh, there was that that uh, Superman forearm or that Superman elbow you were talking about, where oh, he like jumps and like twists into it and nails him. That was super sick. Um, Ricochet get got to show off his own strength as well when he caught Cobb and deadlifts him into a uh, German into the corner. Yep. Um, then he does his classic thing where he jumps over the ring post like in the corner. And catches Cobb in the crowd, Never which is so is so sick. Ricochet is in Ricochet. I don't think is a human being. He, I don't know what. There are some certain people on this planet that like gravity just doesn't really like pay as much attention to them. Who the guys who gravity forgot or or doesn't pay attention to? Where it's like Pac, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricochet. Yep. Isaiah Cassidy. Yep. And Montez Ford. Mm-hmm. Like those AR four Fox are like can go in there and too. AR Fox, yes, AR Fox can go in there too. It's like those are guys that Gravity was just like, eh, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit of a looser. Yeah. Oh my god. I'll make it a little bit easier for you guys to soar. I'll, um, I've seen. Yeah, uh, these guys are nutty. Yeah, I've seen Ricochet uh, in per- uh, live one time, and I remember when you did a shooting star. I was just like, that's he floated. You floated through yeah. the air. I don't. You cannot convince me otherwise. For me, the one spot that gets me was um, it was a ladder match in NXT. I believe it was Street Profit. No, was it Street Profit? It was Street Profits versus. I want to say. Era. Or the Viking Raiders. Might be Viking Raiders, but do, do in continue. a ladder in a ladder match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. All right, and there was one spot where. Ford does a a splash, and I felt like he was in the air for like twenty minutes. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, back on track to Jeff Cobb versus Ricochet. 
Uh, he does the the, the jumping senton over the ring post to the outside. Mm-hmm. Then Cub then follows it up with a springboard 450. Yep. To which Cobb kicks out of somehow. I. Yeah, those near falls in that match were sick. Um, yeah. And then there was Ricochet giving Cobb a bunch of kicks, and there was one where he just kicks him in the head, and Cobb just goes, Nope. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. With, Ricochet's, like... with Ricochet's foot still, like, on the side of his head. Yeah. He just catches him and stands up, and he's like, not today. And just, like, pulls him in and throws him. Oh, my God. I remember that, because I was like, I was where I was, like, I had the thought of, like, oh, you done fucked up now, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then there was there was one point where they were just, um, just, like, kicking the crap at each other. Where it was, like, Ricochet gets, like, a bicycle kick, and then Cobb comes back with, like, a chop, and then Ricochet mm-hmm. comes back with a chop, and then... He comes back with like an elbow, and then Ricochet comes back with a headbutt, and then Cobb comes back with a headbutt of his own. And they both down. Yeah, oh, I love that. Oh, it's um, it was a crazy point where Cobb gets a little bit of air where he drop kicks Ricochet off the top rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ricochet ends up hitting the Benadriller after that. A little later, Cobb, which Cobb kicks out of, and then Ricochet counters the Tour of the Islands into a roll up and wins the match. One, two, three. Which mm-hmm. I was upset about because I love the tour of the islands. It's such a cool move. Yeah, wish I, I'm with you. I wish I could have seen it happen. I, but I we have, we had like we had we had like a kind of tour of the islands. It was like a back suplex kind of version of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that back suplex where he literally chucked where him he like spun like a top. He, was... spun, he spun he like spun him and then just chucks him backwards. Love that. That was sweet. It yeah. was like it was like a backwards tour of the islands. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool, very cool match. Uh. I give this match a mark out. Super cool to watch. Super great. These two absolutely kicked the crap out of each other, and I loved it. Agreed. Oh, cool. boy. Go All right, for... so what What match did I give you, you gave last me week to watch? Leo Rush versus Isaiah Swerve Scott at Defy Wrestling. Oh, this match was so good. I love this match. Before I go into this amazing masterpiece of a match that I really enjoyed, uh, first off, camera angles for this match, I actually very much enjoyed again. The camera of- work the camera work reminded me of Riptide. Yep, there were a lot of really good shots here. I think there were only like a handful of times I thought to myself, hmm, kind of missed something with that. But like still, the rest of those shots were good. I like the lighting a bit because there were some certain shots that made it look really cool when they get on the top rope and there's the giant spotlight behind them. Yeah, to me, this entire match, like, it was from Defy Wrestling, but it felt, it had that, it, ha- it gave me that same feeling that Riptide matches give me with the camera work and the lighting and the theatrics, you know? Mm-hmm. Very cinema, very very much like a cinema style match, like a, yeah. like filmed like a movie almost. Several times I thought to myself, like that's a great shot of like either Swerve or like Rush. I think I think that's why I love Riptide and matches like this because it's not filmed like a live event; it's filmed like a movie, mm-hmm. and it feels it feels just so much bigger, exactly. you know. <sighs> All right, I will it gives say it that like epic match. feeling. The wrestling in this match was so goddamn smooth that it hurt, and the selling was—it's insane! It's insane. Chef's kiss, beautiful. God, did these guys sell the shit out of each other's moves? Love that. A couple spots I liked because this match is thirty minutes long, so I'm not going to go through all of them. Was uh, I like when Leo Rush kicked Swerve in the face a few times in the apron, and then did a beautiful backflip, and then just landed into a pose on the outside. Mm -hmm. Love that. I love the spot where each guy started to try to start running the ropes, but the other guy would just run up and then hit them to stop them short. Like they just kept doing that. That was fun. Yep. I love Swerve's spot where he running power slammed Rush, only to transition immediately into a suplex, followed by his uh, double stomp meteora finisher. Thought yes. that was awesome. I loved Swerve's. I by the way, Swerve's double stomp finisher. I love 
I like a lot, actually. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to because I'm used to the house call being his finisher. I loved the mm-hmm. near falls in this match. They were so well done and so good that I actually forgot who you said won this match midway through because they there were so many close near falls here. And I was just like, yeah. oh, shit. So damn good. Time literally flew by when I watched this match. This match is almost 30 minutes long, and I literally remember clicking the video by like, moving my mouse by accident and being like, holy shit, 15 minutes have passed by? I'm like, it feels like five went by. Mm-hmm. So goddamn good. I love how much it, the crowd really is. this. It really is just an incredible... It, this, match, this match, honestly, is just like a work of art it's, in every, every single way. Like so the athletic. wrestling... Wrestling was amazing. The camera work was amazing. The lighting was amazing. This match was just a culmination of so many things going perfectly right. Just mm-hmm. all smushed together in this masterpiece of a wrestling match. Exactly. I love this match. I thought this match was great. When Swerve won it, I enjoyed the uh, the show of respect at the end. Just because I was like, these two put all that shit on the line and... Came out with a great fucking match. There was so much emotion in this match. You could see it on their faces. It was just written all over this match. Like, it was just so good. <sighs> Loved it. This it match was so good. Obviously gets a mark out. Oh, easy. I easy cannot... mark out, and it's not even close. <laughs> Mikey has reviewed this. I've given you a few of the spots that I thought were really cool that uh, I didn't think that Mikey had talked about. But if you can, I would watch this match. It is just... It's yeah, you need to, to you need to see it for yourselves. Me and me and Zach's review do not do it justice. It's it's something you gotta watch for yourself, because it is just an immac- It is an immaculate piece of wrestling. So good. Like, oh, I'm too amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. It, yeah, yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just a culmination of so many things going right. Like, like two very good wrestlers, very good camera work, very good lighting, very good audience. Just, like, everything just crashes together at once and makes just this amalgamation of just a, a perfect, almost like nearly perfect wrestling match. It's, it's so good. I had such a good time watching this match. I was like, one of my favorite things when I'm watching a wrestling match is when time flies by, because that's when I know that I'm really enjoying it, because I'm not like sitting there going like, alright, when's it gonna I'm like, how close to the match being done? So good. It's um, it's really incredible. They 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 really did an amazing amazing job, and these two absolutely killed it. Mm-hmm. Go watch that match: Leo Rush versus uh Shane Shane Swerve Strickland or Isaiah Swerve Scott nowadays, mm-hmm. as they know him by. Um, in Defy Wrestling, free on YouTube. Don't know why this match is free. This match, I I would easily pay pay per view price just for this match. I would be so happy to pay for this match. But it is absolutely free for anyone to enjoy, so please go enjoy it. You owe it to yourself to watch this amazing match. Great. Fantastic. All right. Well, that is the double down. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Independent Waters. Thank you all for tuning in. As usual, we love you. We appreciate you for listening every week. Go give us that review on iTunes. Five stars would be wonderful and lovely. And leave us a review. Comment what you think about the show. Let us know because we would love to know what you guys think. We would love to know what we can improve or what you we could do more of. Whatever you guys like, we would love to hear it. Uh, you can also let us know about that over on our Twitter at, at CountoutPod uh, where we share our thoughts on the wrestling world, the world in general, and interact with you guys. And you know we put up polls. And we put up polls for our other, for another podcast on this network. Uh, hit the books, which you can check out every Friday where me and Ryan Nightsy book SmackDown and Raw, respectively. And 
we uh, book our own matches, we book our own cards, we have our own uh, rosters. So it's super cool, super fun. Uh, go check that out every Friday here on the Countout Network. And uh, every other Monday, go check out Every other Monday, go check out uh, G1 and only Ryan Nicey show where he reviews. Sorry, my laptop started making a really weird noise. I was, I, I was like, did he forget? I'm like, does he not remembering it? I was like, maybe he's looking uh, at I notes. Do, I absolutely do not appreciate what my laptop started doing. Uh, probably going to have to stop recording after this because it's, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to probably shut my computer down after this for a bit because I'm right. not happy about something. Anyway, uh, go check out G1 and only every other Monday, Ryan Nighty show where he, where he uh, goes over some, some wrestlers who have only been in the G1 Supercard one time and one time only. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Very documentary style. Very awesome. Uh, he put a lot. Of, he puts a lot of work into this show. Uh, he even ordered a bunch of DVDs so he can watch some of the matches for the show. Uh, so go check that out. You you guys are gonna love it. I know. I I I, I watched the. I listened to the the first the first episode. It's great. Uh, go check it out if you like New Japan and if you like the G One Supercard. Um, and. Go check out our YouTube channel and our website. Uh, our YouTube channel is Count Out Podcast, where you can find video versions of all the podcasts. And our website is CountOutPod.com, and you can see everything that has to do with our network and so on and so forth. So go check it out over there. And, Zach, anything to plug? I think I went through all mine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. As usual. Anyway, that brings us to the end of another episode of Independent Waters. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for joining. And remember, there is a giant sea of independent wrestling out there. So never stop exploring. This has been a Count Out Podcast.